That was, man, Ken Summers, that was a good conversation. I always like uh, guys that are tapped in a little bit, you know, always, you know, with the boots on the ground term is a little bit of a wonky way to look at it. But guys that are a little bit more plugged in or, or covering the team the way that he is, you kind of get a little bit of, a, as we sometimes say, bird's eye view of what's going on with the team, right? Do you find it interesting? I'll ask you about the way he talks about the team, the games, falling behind early. You you and Gunnar have highlighted mm-hmm. so much the lack of touchdowns in the first quarter. Again, this probably feeds into your your mentality around Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, so you're falling behind. What do you how do you switch it? How do you get back on track, right? Is that are you willing to accept that as being one of the primary issues they've had is just difficulty getting themselves going early and then playing from behind? Maybe they're getting away from what they would want their game script to be as opposed to the game script that just doesn't work flat out. It's the weirdest thing because yeah, when I watch that, I like that, well, when I watch <laughs> that, when I watch Sunday, they come out their first 11 plays or pass plays and they're quick. I mean, and they're, I think all but one of them was, was past the line of scrimmage, right? Like uh, it just looked completely different when I, when I see Kyler Murray in there, so I get what Kent's saying, but I'm also like, yeah, but in the opening drive, they're not falling. They're not coming from behind all the time. Like sometimes, sure. But there's been opening drives where it's like if you or I or any fan can see like this is the same offense every single week. I know a screenplay is coming. I know this is coming. And so it, it, I'll give him a little bit of an excuse and a little bit of a bailout by, oh, you're playing from behind and this is just you're not able to do what you want to do. But it's kind of been a counter where, like, we've almost been better when we're not in our script plays and we're adapting (laughs) versus when we're in the script. And, you know, but the script worked great on Sunday. So that's where I think fans as a whole, a lot of them started to turn on Kyler Murray because they saw Colt do it right. But I still kind of hold Cliff accountable where it's like Cliff you call such a great game here. We need to do this all the time. And I, we get things happen, but this, this play calling all still not the best. I, I still want a better mix going 11 straight passes before your first run is a problem, but I get, oh. they wanted to, you know, I, I see both sides. It worked. So I, I don't want to complain too much. And, and I think fans need to be realistic as a whole. And, and I am just as bad. Trust me. I want to like fire and burn the house down. But when you look at, and we've said this week after week, you look at the, the Cardinals are by far probably the most injured team ever. Over the course of the whole season, they're definitely the most injured team. Week by week, they're usually bottom two. So you are making up for a lot of missing pieces. And I get people who say, well, then that falls on Steve Kime. Yes, it's one thing to account for injuries. It's another thing to account for to be the most injured team in the NFL. I mean, you can only be so deep. There's only so much money. I mean, what do you want? Yeah, to and, no, and I, you know, again, I think that then it comes back down to coaching, right? How can you manufacture yeah. success? And it's not saying again, maybe in that way too. It's a good point to bring up with all the injuries they suffered from. I think is easy maybe to look high level and say Kyler has not looked as good as we wanted him to. There's a lot of dysfunction going on there, but it's only a play here or there that differentiates you from being four and six versus being five and five. And honestly, this team was 500 right now. You'd probably almost be feeling like, listen, with everything that's gone on and starting the season without Hopkins, we still managed to be 500. We can still turn this thing around at some point. I, again, from the outside looking in, man, this has been a team that has no less than 13 narratives around it on a week-to-week basis. And I think that mm-hmm. contributes to it a lot. The one thing I want to mention, because I know we want to look at uh, the playoff picture because we were talking about getting that big win and yep. did the win over the Rams mean 
as much as we hope it means for the Cardinals. But Kyler Murray right now is 22nd in the league in QBR. And I mentioned those last couple of games there where I said, hey, the completion percentage was a bit higher and that, you know, that, that can be seen as a positive trending in the right direction. The bad part is two out of those three games, a 41 QBR, a 46 QBR. And in that win over the Saints, a 62 QBR. He's only crested 50 four times in the entire season. I mean, he has played a relatively subpar season with consistency. And just that, that QBR number to me, listen, the eye test tells you a lot of what you want to know about a team and about a quarterback, but situational football, right? So the problem is here too, you get to the end of the year and you look at the stats, he's not going to be that far off from his you know usual season numbers, but how game to game, play to play, critical moments, I think is actually where he's suffering the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. I, hey, we don't have Tyler on here for nothing, guys. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I look at the Sunday. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it's because it's unexplainable, right? Like you, you look at Sunday with Colt McCoy, and I think I said it the it's week. It's Colt before. McCoy. You go. It's Colt McCoy. He you yeah, shouldn't be able to win a game with Colt, Colt McCoy. McCoy. What are we talking about? <laughs> now he is three yeah. and one as a Cardinal when he's had to fill in. He, he's playing. He has career numbers right now. Colt McCoy is playing than he's better than he's ever played. So you know he's traditionally been a backup, but he's playing really well. Um, when we look at Kyler Murray, it's just frustrating because when I look at this Rams game, it's the first time they played a complete complete game offensively from start yeah. to finish and so when we talk about the numbers that you just put up uh that, that you just ran down it, it it just doesn't make any sense i don't know like the only thing i can go back to is that that the heartbreak of a loss to the packers last year on what was that thursday night football when aj green doesn't turn around and and they yeah. thought they could have won it on that drive ever since then you know kyler gets hurt and then when he came back, I just he just hasn't seemed comfortable again. He's never mm -hmm. seen. And, and it's almost like the team that's all they're focused on doing is making sure he's comfortable. Right. That's yeah. why he's not going under center. That's why he's not doing uh, the rollouts. That's why he's not. You know, that's why they're doing like screenplays. They're trying to get it out of his hand quickly. But it's mm -hmm. still crazy. And this is it where will. I hate. I hate to make it a heart, uh, uh, a height thing. But. Colt McCoy, you saw the difference on Sunday. He's throwing the ball over the middle, right? Like quick. Like they're, I think he it was under like two seconds. He's getting the ball out uh, or right around two seconds. Sorry. I think it was 2.6 or something like that. But Colt McCoy. How tall is, has, how tall is Kyler? Uh, Kyler's like 5'11, five, five, five I think. I mean, here's the thing. I stood next to him in a picture and, and oh, yeah, I'm 6'1 and yeah. we're about the same height. So I, I don't know. If, He's somewhere at six foot. Let's put it that way. Um, Colt McCoy. That didn't happen this year. He's always he's always been that height. It didn't yeah, surprise yeah. the Cardinals <laughs> that he's not yeah. as tall as you might want him to be. But but I guess my point is Colt McCoy is like six three. So like getting the ball out quick and oh, over yeah. the middle might be a little bit easier for him. So I hate to make it a height issue here because we saw guys like Drew Brees have plenty good careers. Russell Wilson's had a great career, uh, all things considered, at their height. Doug Flutie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but but let's be but let's be realistic though like you know drew Brees is a good example of it um just just in the fact that what they always talk about with him though he made a lot of his passes blind it was built on anticipation mm -hmm. the, the receivers running the routes being where they need to be and just trusting i'm throwing to the spot this is a timing route and my guy is going to be there and to your point if kyler isn't that comfortable that. yeah right if he's mm -hmm. not going to throw with anticipation then you're going to you're taking away what 15 percent, 20 percent of the playbook that you want to utilize especially early in the games 
Let's go ahead here and just take a look at this playoff picture. I will just make one last note on Colt McCoy. He had a 70.5 QBR in that game. It matched the season high for Kyler Murray. And whatever is going on with the Rams, they still have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah. uh, you know, pick it up, put it in your pocket, and see, see how that compares as we move forward here. Playoff picture-wise, though, Tyler, uh, the, the Cardinals obviously got that win. Unfortunately for them, the 49ers did go out and also win their second in a row. So they're five and four. You're still third in the division. You, again, you're technically not at a shot of the division, although you've lost both those games against Seattle. Did the way this played out, including the fact that Green Bay wins, which again, they're four and six, but they're in the conversation for the wild card spot right now. Does it dishearten you at all like, knowing they had to play San Francisco twice? Or are you still willing to look at it and say, we play San Francisco twice. Like we have opportunities to get back into this thing, especially with how weak that division has relatively been. I've had a lot of people ask me this. They were like, what do you do on Monday? Do you start Colt McCoy or do you start Kyler Murray? You know, on the basis that you want to win games because you think that you're still in this. Here's yeah. my opinion. You got to have Kyler Murray in there because you need to fix whatever problems we have because you're stuck with him. So at right. this point, even if they make a push, you know, obviously, though, what happened on Sunday with the Packers and a couple of the other teams that won that that honestly didn't help our cause. That what about Washington winning uh, on Monday Night Football? Right, that, like, that's actually a brutal that doesn't one. Help yeah, you. Brutal. yeah, that doesn't help you either, right? That gives another NFC East team that now can make a push for that final wild card spot. Well, so actually, all of the wild card teams are coming out of the NFC East at the moment. Yeah, right, right yeah, now exactly. as it stands. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at that, it, it's that doesn't help. So ultimately, when I look at like long term view. It's let's say the Cardinals squeeze in as a seventh seed mm. for what? Like why? Like with Colt McCoy as your quarterback, right? Like maybe Colt McCoy like is in there for the next three or four games. What does that matter? I would rather either get this fixed with Kyler because that's your long-term future or two, you keep losing and you get the better draft pick. So either one is, is the better positives in this making the playoffs to get bounced in the first round to me isn't uh, as a fan. I almost don't want that at this point. Like, I trust me, I'd love to go to a playoff game. And if it ends up we're in Philadelphia or Minnesota, I'll take any excuse in January to go have some fun and put on a tailgate and have a good time. But ultimately, when it when it really boils down to the success of this team, I think the minute Kyler Murray's quote unquote ready, whether he's comfortable or not, and I think you need to make him uncomfortable at this point, um, and make him do more conventional things, put him under center more, have him roll out more, have him play when he's a little nicked up. Like mm -hmm. to me, you need to get this fixed because ultimately we need to talk about next year and the year after the moves you're gonna make going forward. And by the way, if you stick it out with Colt McCoy and they do win some games, it actually only makes things worse. Because it proves that Kyler Murray, you know, yeah. further suggests that Kyler Murray can't be your quarterback. You've already got money on the books from like if you're going to have the wheels fall off, have the wheels fall off with Kyler Murray under center, because that means you are confirming for a fact that this is not just a blip, not just a bad half a season. We have a real problem here. And how you solve that? Listen, that's a, that's for another day. But getting to the playoffs, to your point with Colt McCoy, I, that almost be as bad of a good thing as you could have happen for this team in a lot of ways. What it'll be what yeah. value what what value do you have for Kyler Murray at that point in terms of like everyone's talking like, oh, you could trade him for a bunch of draft picks. Again, we talked about it on the post-game show. You're gonna have a ton of dead cap and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But ultimately, if he's out and good. and and Colt proves to be a better quarterback than Kyler Murray, you ain't getting a bunch of draft picks for him. Here would be I'll leave you with this silver lining. Um yeah. is that 
in theory, even if, so if it is that the organization made a mistake with Kyler Murray and paying him the big contract, if you can prove that this team is good enough to win with a veteran quarterback, that does give you some silver lining going forward that, hey, even with this behemoth bad contract, maybe we got to eat money. Maybe we are going to dump them for devalued assets. But if we know we could go on the market and steal Geno Smith next season from Seattle or see where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, right? Like there's a world where you can go into this offseason saying, and those aren't the names you want to have as you can yeah. <laughs> watch visually, you know, but I'm, I'm thinking the guys are going to be available. By the way, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be out there. Like if you see anybody, that the price point makes sense on, all of a sudden you just go, listen, we feel like we can win with a veteran quarterback. We don't need, no. maybe we don't need I'll, this right I'll, now in the short term, but. I'll give I'll give you the name right now. Aaron Rodgers. Oof, yeah. Think about it. I mean, you got to think, if the wheels keep falling off here, Green Bay at some point is going to be okay with moving him. It, you know why that would, you know why that. It's a I good band-aid. theory. I was thinking, well, like why that could work out is because both teams would be taking big dead cap hits to move them because they just mm-hmm. signed him to, you know, to big money as well. That's an interesting one inside the NFC. The only problem there. How, well, many, how many years was it? I think it was only like two years when, when it was a short term commitment. He's got it? I think he, I think it's three or four, but there's an opt out after two. So it's, you know, yeah. it's built in for him to be able to walk away if he wants to. So it probably could benefit the Cardinals. But listen, listen. We obviously all understand that Kyler Murray yeah. can no longer be the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what we've agreed <laughs> on here. But no, well, that, that's much further down the road. As you can tell, yes. if you see visually, Tyler is already ready to go, gearing up to head down to Mexico City. Um, you're going to be hosting the <laughs> <Yoga> party. <laughs> that might be insensitive culturally. I'm not entirely sure. but I'm Mexican. I can do that. Oh, okay. That's fine then. All right. Let's, My let's last name is Vasquez, dude. Come on. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought that was, I thought that was probably like, I was thinking like, like Northern Spanish? Ireland. Like Spanish? I'm from you? Spain or what? I was thinking like, no, I was thinking like Northern Ireland. Like I was thinking Rolling Hills, Northern Ireland. I was thinking maybe somewhere in London. Like just from your accent, yeah. I thought probably yeah. something in England. But I could be where, off base where, there. Where, um, they, where they surprisingly speak English <laughs> in the stadium. Yeah. Yes. Where, where Tyler is constantly shocked about what language they're speaking uh, in stadiums. Um, but you're excited to get down there. Obviously, it's a big game for the Arizona Cardinals and everything very much does hang in the balance. And we'll start to tap into that. You and Gunner will, I should say, uh, coming up on the preview show behind enemy lines and breaking down how the Cardinals try to get win two out of three and, and feel like things are still still on the balance there. And it's against San Francisco, like everything. Everything's on the table right now. I just realized something that we'll have to talk about off air, but I will be in Mexico when we tape our next episode, that preview sure. show for that game on Monday. Uh, I fly out Thursday, so um, we will need to discuss that in a minute. But yes, I am rocking my sombrero. Uh, <laughs> I am ready for that trip. I'm pretty much completely packed other than what I'm actually going to wear when I'm there. So that I might need to get on that. But yeah, I'm pumped, man. We're going to have probably I know we're like an 140 150 fans for most of our events over the course wow. of the weekend so uh it's gonna be a fun time south of the border and and it's what a huge game i mean when we do talk about can the cardinals make the playoffs that you gotta win this game i mean you gotta beat the niners well let's be uh, yeah, let's be honest here lose this game and we can all agree that's the nail in the coffin right oh, go to yeah. four and You're seven done. lose the divisional game it's over and then we can really start about the nuts and bolts of this Every- thing Everyone was saying when the Cardinals beat the Rams uh, last week, you know, or this past Sunday, they were saying that was the nail in the coffin of the Rams season. So yeah. I mean, very similar here. If you can't beat the Niners, that it's going to put you kind of out of out of contention at that point. So I'm pumped for it. Uh, one thing we didn't mention that I have to say before we wrap the episode, because it is a major loss. Sackert's done for the season. 
That's correct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He got hurt Sunday. A knee in, I think it was a knee injury and, and he's done. Um, they reported shortly after that press conference with Cliff yesterday. So uh, sad to see him go. I am excited, though, to see Trey McBride get some opportunities here. He was your second round draft pick, best tight end in the draft. So now making him, I mean, he's got this whole week of practice. So as we look forward to Monday, um, I think that will be a key point that we bring up on Thursday is what impact because uh, Zach Hurts has been a safety valve for Kyler Murray and for this offense. What kind of impact does Trey McBride become uh, moving forward? So we'll get into all that and more. Uh, for producer Adam, I am Tyler with Burger King Travel. You can find us at Burger King Travel on Instagram and on Twitter, and then uh, obviously Burger King Travel Club on Facebook. Um, all of our events, Burger King Mexico this weekend. Make sure you go check all those out. And don't forget to download and subscribe right here to this podcast each and every episode, three days a week. Uh, just go to cardinalpodcast.com. And as always, kick off in the valley. Kick off!